There was in front of him a loaf of bread, a kikar, which, which was hefker, meaning it had no owner. It was ownerless. V'yamar kikar zu hekdesh. And instead of taking the kikar for himself, which you can do, if something is ownerless, you can pick it up and, and, and it's yours. Instead of taking ownership of this kikar, he said kikar zu hekdesh. This is donated to kodesh. This is for the Beis HaMikdash. Thereafter, Natalal Ochla, he took it in order to eat with the intention of eating it. Ma'alafi Kula, he has been over an Isur Me'ila. Me'ila is the prohibition of using for one's own benefit an article, an object, or money that belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. And, uh, and the din is if you did Me'ila by mistake, then you have to pay back the money to the Beis HaMikdash plus another 20%, and then there's a Korban Me'ila, there are various things to do. In this case, this loaf of bread, which was Hefker, he picks it up with the intention of eating it. He is over the Isra Me'ila on the, on the whole piece of bread. If he picks it up with the intention of leaving it as an inheritance for his children, in other words, he's not going to have any benefit from it right now, but he is going to have benefit from it later on. After he dies, his children will get benefit from it. Then the only me'ila that, that he's responsible for would be the me'ila of tovat Tovatana is the value of being free to allocate a resource. So in this case, and that has a value as well. So you can have a person, for example, a trustee of a charity fund. That The money in the charity fund doesn't belong to the trustee, but the trustee does have what we call tovatana'a, the right to allocate the charity to whoever he wants, and there's a lot of power in that. And therefore, there's value in that tovatana'a. So if he were to say, for example, if a trustee were to say to somebody, I'll sell you my right to allocate. You can do that. That that right to allocate is in itself an asset. Uh, and so here, although he's not getting any immediate benefit from this loaf of bread, but he is getting benefit in that his children already appreciate it. And of course, we're talking about a loaf of bread which isn't worth a, which isn't worth a lot. But it also could be a kikar, could also be a bar of gold. Uh, it doesn't matter what the value is. And the children immediately appreciate it. He's already put this aside for them. And they show him more respect and more appreciation, and that has value too. And that's Me'ila. He's getting that benefit of his children's love and affection based on their future inheritance. He's getting immediate benefit from that, and that benefit is Me'ila. He's getting it from the, the Beis HaMikdash. That's the, that's the Gemara. What we're interested in is this, this loaf that he finds that belongs to Hefker, and he says this is Hektish. He takes it in order to eat it. He's over me'ila. Rashi says, the kivan bo Once he lifts up this loaf of bread, it becomes his. And then when he eats it, he's over me'ila. He's now benefiting from something that, that is, belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. Because he lifted it up, he's given it to the Beis HaMikdash, and now he's eating it. That's the me'ila. Um, and then the question is, so why do we have to be talking about a kikar that was hefker, that was ownerless? 
We could just learn the same case with his own loaf of bread. He could take a loaf of bread and he could say, my loaf of bread is going to be hectish and then he eats it, he's moil. The way, the way Rashi learns the Gemara could say that. And the Rosh brings that question in the name of Rabbi Lezer Mimitz, one of the Balei Tosfis, and he gives an answer in the name of, of, of the Ri, which we won't go into now, but we'll go into the Ran who treats it differently. And the Ran says it, it has to specifically say that this Kikar was Hefke, that it was ownerless to start with. Why? And he bases it on a principle that we have in Chagiga Daf Yudalef, where the Gemara says that a gizbar, a treasurer of the Beis Hamikdash, um, has the Beis Hamikdash assets in his possession. Now, why that's important is, so, so just think of it, you've got a, a gizbar as a treasurer. He doesn't live in the Beis Hamikdash, he lives in Rechavia. But he's a, but he's a treasurer. And people bring things to him for the Beis HaMikdash. So people bring him various different items and money, and he puts it away, this is for the Beis HaMikdash. Uh, if he takes something out of the closet where he's got all the Beis HaMikdash things, he's not Moel. That's not Me'ila. Because one of the requirements of Me'ila is that you take something out of the Rishut of Hekdash, out of the possession of Hekdash, and you change the possession into your own possession, into somebody else's possession. So it's not just the usage, it's actually the changing of possession. But in the case of a gizba, there's no change of possession because the, the item was there before. So if the gizba has a beautiful silver becher, a kiddush cap in the, in the closet of things for the base amikdash, and he takes it out and he's thinking to himself, I, I, I'll make kiddush with this becher. Meanwhile, it doesn't damage the becher in any way. This Kiddush cup I'm going to use for Kiddush and I'll give it to the base, I'll take it to the base of Mikdash next week. So when he takes it out of the closet and puts it on his table, he's not moil. He's only moil when he actually uses it. Because, explains the Gemara in Chagiga, and the Ran uses that here, taking it out of the, out of the closet and putting it on his, on his table, there's no change in Rashut. He's not changing the possession. It was in his possession to start with and it's in his possession now. And so the Ran explains, if this would have been his kikar, if the loaf of bread was his to start with, then Rashi would be right. The only time that he would be moel is when he eats it, because until he eats it, it, it was in his possession before, and it's in his possession now. There's been no change of possession. He hasn't taken it to the Beis Amikdash yet. It's in his house, and he says, this, this kikar, this loaf of bread will be hektish. It's still in his house. Now he lifts it up to put on his table. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be a meila yet. It would only be meila when he eats it. But Agamora doesn't say that. Agamora wants to teach that netala That the moment you pick it up to eat it, you're already moil. For that, there has to be a shinui rishut. There has to be a change of possession. So if it was hefker to start with, and he makes it hektish, and then he takes it home to eat. The moment he takes it home, he's already taking it out of the Rishut of Hekdesh into his own Rishut. Because it wasn't his to start with, it was Hefke to start with. That's why, says the Ran, the Gemara is talking about a Kikar which belongs to Hefke. It's not his own Kikar. Um, and, and the Rashbor goes the same way. Uh, and, and, and the Rashbor says on the top of the next page, 
That's why it says Hefker, not his own Kikar. Because the Gemara wants to teach that the mere taking it in order to eat it already causes meila. Unlike Rashi, even if he doesn't take it to eat, even if he doesn't eat it, he merely takes it to eat his moil. And that only works, it works if it was hefker to start with. Because when he lifts it from the ground, so this kikar is lying on the ground, it's hefker. He gives it to the Beis Hamikdash. Now it belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. It's never been his. Now he picks it up to take it home. It's as if he's taken out of the Gizba's house in Rechavia and taken it to his house in uh, uh, somewhere else, in Gula. When a, person makes, when a person takes possession of it, when a person makes it hectish, even if it doesn't change its location, it is hectish. Yes, it becomes hectish without changing location. Just the intention and the statement of making it hectish makes it hectish. To me, the Because the moment you lift it up, you've taken it out of hectish and you've made it whole. But if it's really his loaf to start with, He's taking it from his own possession to his own possession. There's no change of possession, even though his intention is to eat it. Until he eats it or gives it to somebody else, there's no me'ila, explains the Rashbo. So we've learned a principle in, in me'ila, which comes from Chagigadav Yudalef, and the Ran and the Rashbo use that principle to explain the meaning of this Gemara, different from the way, the way Rashi learns it. What, what's interesting from, from our perspective to explore a little bit is just a picture and imagine the situation because that's an important understanding of stewardship, of what a gizbar is. So you've got the man, this man who lives in Rechavia and he's a gizbar of the Beis Amikdash and he's got these closets with beautiful silver in the closets. Belongs to the Beis Amikdash. They're things that people have brought the gizbar, they've brought this treasure in order to give to the Beis Amikdash, but they're still in his house. So in what, what is the din? He can move them around. He can put them on his table. He can move them around as long as he's not getting pleasure from it. He can take it from one closet, put it into another closet. Why can he do that if it's hectish? Because it's in his possession and he's not changing possession. He can't give them to somebody else and say, you look after this now, you take care of it, because then you're changing possession. But if it's in his possession, he, he can move it around. So why can't he use it for kiddush if it's in his possession? If he takes it out and he uses it for Kiddush, he's not damaging it in any way, he's not changing it in any way. The value's still there, he's going to give it to the, he's not taking ownership, he's going to give it to the base of Mikdash. But the moment he uses it, he's over Me'ila, there he's over Me'ila. So we see here the importance of separating possession and ownership. Very often, possession is ownership, but not always. Sometimes you have possession, but you don't have ownership. For example, you're a Shomer, I've given you something in trust. Uh, and you're looking after it for me. I've asked you to take care of it for me. Or you've borrowed something. So you have possession, but you don't have ownership. And all the Dinei Shomrim, the laws of Shomrim, go into the whole question of how much, what responsibilities and what rights do you have, depending on the nature of that possession. But there's a difference. You've got to separate out possession and ownership. Possession, if you're a trustee, means you've got to take care of the object. You're a shomer. You're a steward. You've got to take care of the object. And you are responsible for the object. And you can move the object around if you need to. But you can't get personal benefit from it. Unless you're a shoyal or a shomer. Socha, that's something else. But in, under normal cases of stewardship, you can't get benefit from it. And 
without that differentiation of possession and, and stewardship is interesting because there's a quite a remarkable professor and ethicist, her name is Martha Nussbaum, who's about to publish a book <coughs> um, about the the ethical and philosophic issue of to what extent is humankind, civilization, allowed to and and obligated to intervene in the process of nature? Uh, do you have to protect rare species from predators? Or do you say nature must evolve the way nature must evolve? Should you fence off certain areas and make them game parks and reserves? Or should you just let the animals roam? And, and what happens, happens. Um, and, and she goes into a very thorough, thorough explanation because it's called Justice for Animals, our collective responsibility. And it's an interest, she doesn't even come to clear conclusions. But in the process, she differentiates between stewardship um, and, and kind, kind of ownership. She doesn't put it quite in, in those words. Stewardship is to do things for nature in the interests of conservation. And she suggests that, that we, we have a responsibility to do that. Kivshua, she doesn't go into the into the Chumash, but but as I understand it, when the Torah says Kivshua, conquer the world, what does a good conqueror do? You still take, you don't pillage what you've conquered, you take care of what you've conquered, you invest in what you've conquered. So Kivshua, Shem says, conquer the world to humankind. That means you're stewards of the world. It doesn't mean that you have you have the the rights to to benefit from the world. And she suggests when conservation becomes profit driven rather than driven by the ethic of, of stewardship, that's where we start getting confused and, sort, and all sorts of different things happen. And that's the Gemara in Brochus Daf Lamed Hay, where the Gemara says, uh, ma'al. Here we've got the idea of me'ila again. If you benefit from the world without a brocha, you've been mo'el. Rabbi Levi, Rami, Rabbi Levi says, it says, La'ashem aritzim lo'ah, the world belongs to Hashem. Uchtiv ha'shemayim shemayim la'ashem ba'asasan livnei adam. And it says, Hashem gave the land to to human beings. What is it? Does the earth belong to Hashem and we can't do anything with it? Or does it belong to Hashem? Until we make a bracha, it's Hashem. So when we make a bracha, we can benefit from it. So this idea of me'ila, the Acharonim the deal with it. Rabbi Yoshebeer Soloveitchik deals with it. The Avni Nezer deals with it. What is the nature of this me'ila? What is, why is this like hektish? What is, what is the connection? But the way we've been explaining Kedusha and hektish makes, we, we can understand it. What did we say hektish is? When you elevate something to a higher purpose. And then if you use it for something other than its higher purpose, that's me'ila. So something's been elevated to the use of the Beis HaMikdash, and you use it for personal use, that's me'ila. So the same here, the Rebbein Shem created things in the world so that a Jew will make a brocha on it. That's, that's what he gave it for. It's not that we make a brocha so that we can eat. We eat so that we can make a brocha. Eating, eating, benefiting from the world facilitates a brocha, and that was the Rebbein Shem's intention, that the, the world is here for the, for the benefit of humankind, and among humankind is the Jew, and the Jew makes a bracha on that which he benefits from, and that elevates the whole world with his bracha. When he makes a bracha on an apple, it's not only that apple that he elevates, as the Messiah Yishorim explains, he elevates all the apples in the world. Uh, the, the, the whole species he elevates when he makes a bracha on it. And to understand that the, the idea of making a, making a bracha is, is you're fulfilling the purpose of creation when you praise Hashem for what he created. If you consume what Hashem created without praising Him, then you're consuming without using it for the purpose for which it was intended. That's me'ila. 
If something is intended for a higher purpose and you're using it for personal benefit, that's me'ila. So kol that's the nature of me'ila. So what, is, so what does that mean? If we now go back to the case of the, of the gizbar, we are gizbarim. We are stewards of the world and of nature. Does it belong to Hashem? Does it belong to us? That's what the Gemara and Brochus are saying. What is it? Is the world God's or the world ours? The answer is God owns it, we possess it. God gave us possession, but he didn't give us ownership. And the brocha acknowledges the ownership of Hashem. The brocha <laughs> acknowledges I'm eating this apple or this piece of bread or this glass of wine. But the emotion I'm doing so because you've given me permission through the brocha I'm making. But I acknowledge that if I were not to make a brocha, I wouldn't be allowed to eat this at all because that would be me'ila because it doesn't belong to me. We understand not only this Gemara and brochas, but we understand our whole relationship to the world and to nature and to conservation through understanding this separation of uh, possession and ownership in the area of me'ila, particularly when we think of the gizbar of the of the steward of the assets of the of the Beis because like him, we are stewards of the assets of the Rebbeinu Shalom. Everything in the world belongs to Hashem that He's given us possession, not ownership, so that we can use it for what it's intended and elevate it for the purpose for which it was designed. Mm-hmm.